name is Rutendo Nyamuda and welcome back to another phenomenal, exciting, extraordinary episode of In My Twenties. In My Twenties. So today's episode is all about love. Yes, so whether you are single, married, or somewhere in between where you're hooking up and vibing and all the other millennial words, there is something in this podcast episode just for you. Because we are talking about matters of the heart at the end of the day. So I'm very excited to welcome my guest on today's show. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal human being. So welcoming herself onto the In My Twenties podcast and into the In My Twenties family, here she is. Hi, my name is Lolu Mugana. I'm very chill, down to earth. I just like having a good time, really. Mm. Um, when it comes to sort of the work side of things, I hate the word creative, mm. but I am a creative. For more than a creative, I'm a storyteller. Now, on every episode of the In My Twenties podcast, my guests always come through with these pull the arrow back Cupid and shoot it straight at my heart, mind moments or gem moments. And this is just one of them. A lot of guys can be good friends, but off partners. So Ooh, your guy friend can be a great friend. But when you see them, you can sometimes see what they do in relationships. Sure. And you're like, who is this man? Mm. The In My Twenties podcast is split up into three sections. In the first section, we're going to hear a little bit about Lolu's career journey. In the second section, we dive into today's topic, which is all about matters of the heart. And rounding up all three sections is a conversation about Lolu's twenties journey and also the quarter life crisis. So without further delay, let's get straight into it. I really want to know, I mean, we met for the first time last year. Yes. And so there's still so much I need Mm -hmm. to learn and know about you. But give me a little bit of insight into your career journey. What did you study and where are you now in your career? So it's weird, right? So there's this thing that people say, and if you're not a creative, someone come up with a better term. (laughs) But if you're not a creative, um, you wouldn't completely understand that creatives have more than one medium in them. Mm. So... When I started out, I thought I was going to be a writer. Mm-hmm. I was writing and wanted to be an editor of a magazine and all of these glamorous things. So I was an editor of my school's newspaper and mm-hmm. that's what I thought I was going to do. Um, then I picked my university based on the best journalism school. Okay. So I, there was nothing else about it. Everyone always asked me, why did you go to Rhodes? Like, that's literally it. Oh, I so Googled, Rhodes is the best journalism school? Yes. I genuinely just googled <laughs> best journalism school in yeah. South Africa said Rhodes and I was like cool I'm going there mm-hmm. don't know anyone there but that's what we sometimes do sometimes google lies I know <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're looking up symptoms for like what, what's happening in your body and it's like, and you think you're dying you are dying and I'm you're like exactly oh I'm dying yeah. like. okay so Rhodes <laughs> you went to Rhodes yes. study journalism study journalism um so initially, everybody's sort of in the writing course, mm. but then they show the different mediums. Mm. And in the third year, you get to specialize. Okay. So I was like, oh, let me try something different. I've been writing. Yeah. And there was this, at the time, it was a new um, department called New Media. Mm. So digital media, the works, learning about um, citizen journalism and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Anyways, um, and I just... I loved how disruptive it was. Mm, And that's when I realized that I didn't want to be a writer anymore. I wanted to do more. I wanted to Mm. 
try something different. I wanted to, oh, this sounds so cliche, but I wanted to break boundaries, which is why I get very, um, I can't, I can't sit in a, like confined space. I need mm. the space to be creative, go out there, find stories mm. and make them come alive. Mm. Anyways, rambling. Um, oh, then I got an opportunity in my final year, in my third year yeah. to study abroad. So I did my third year in okay. the United States. Um, Whereabouts in the US did you go? I was staying in Cleveland. Okay. But obviously got the chance to travel because I was there. So it's like, oh, might as well hey. go to New York and Chicago <laughs> yeah, and all yeah. these other fantastic things. Um, and then ended up specializing and staying for my honors year. Mm. And then that's when I did video production. Stunning, stunning. Yeah. I love specifically what you said about like being disruptive and how yes. you say with creatives, there's so many different mediums because yes. I also find as creatives, there's so many different sides of you. Like one minute you might want to like compose a song and then you want to write something and then there's the visual arts element of it. Which side of you do you feel if there was a war between all the different mediums, Ooh. which one would dominate? That's so tricky. Um, I would say video production mm-hmm. only because you, it, I think it incorporates a lot of the other mediums as well because you come up with the idea, you mm. jot it down, you plan out how you want it to look, where it's going to be, and then you actually get the opportunity to make it come alive. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, unfortunately, we live in a world where we're just churning out content. Mm. But if we actually had the opportunity to find those stories and actually cultivate them, it would be so much more rewarding. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's one of the big issues in our industry today as creatives, that people aren't taking the time to nurture it? We're kind of just like Mm. trying to put out whatever we can as soon as, you know, as quickly as we can. Mm. There's that whole saying, if it bleeds, it leads, which means, you know, the more shook (laughs) it is. You get to the bottom and you're like, that's not even what the story is about. Exactly. The headlines are like misleading. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think, and it's a problem, right? Because I feel like... um, Storytelling, journalism, production has moved so far over the years, mm. but the gatekeepers mm. are such. Oh, don't give me shit! <laughs> such old people yes. that they haven't shifted their minds to that. So you find creatives being stuck in nine to five environments, um, and they're just churning out content. Mm. It's not. Um, you know, what are you passionate about? Let's go find some stories. Mm. Let's do something that nobody else is doing. 100%. Because we, we're pretty much replicating the same content. Mm. Like, there's nothing... I haven't seen a piece of content that's made me think in a while. Yeah. Because the person who made it probably wasn't thinking either. Yeah. They were just trying to get it done. And so where are you now in your career? Like, where are you now? What are you currently doing? Are you passionate about what you're doing? I'm in a very strange transitional phase um, and I've learned so much from this phase that I, and I guess that's how I am in general with all the phases that I go through. Because when you look back at them, you always, you come out a better person. You've learned Mm. so much even about your craft. Um, But I'm not creating as much as I'd like to because I just don't have the time. Mm. And 
I think even if you, and that's the thing, right? Because now you're trying to find time to be creative. So the work that you're doing, you're sort of just trying to get done so that you can find that time. Mm. But then that work suffers. So like Mm. where, like, where do you draw the line really? I don't know. Like, I just, I would really like to be working on a lot more passion projects. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just need to free up that time. So Valentine's Day, yay, is coming up. I mean, it's basically upon us. Mm-hmm. And obviously everything is red. The, I don't, I mean, don't want to go to the shops because it's just like, yeah, yeah you can't, can't even buy bread. What? You can't even buy bread. Have, you know? <laughs> just go to McDonald's. Even McDonald's is like love. I'm loving it. Oh my God, loving what? Um, but yeah, so with, with Valentine's Day that is upon us, mm-hmm. there's also this idea of Singles Awareness Day. Like, have you heard of Singles Awareness Day? I haven't. You haven't heard of Singles haven't Awareness Day? Ever like, been. ever. No. Have you always been in a relationship? Is that why? Is Absolutely it just like not. Actually, I am single girl for life. <laughs> <laughs> not for life, just until you find him. He's the one. He's coming around the corner. I Positivity. Mean, this is what I'm doing in my life. Affirmations. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Throw it into the universe. Throw it into the universe. Make it fall down. Um, but actually, according to the internet, Singles mm-hmm. Awareness Day falls on the fifteenth of February, which okay. is actually dedicated to singles people. So, I mean, what is your opinion? What are your thoughts on Singles Awareness Day? Should we even be bringing awareness to our singularity? I mean, that's very interesting. You wear black, like, why black? <laughs> are you mourning, like... Yeah, we're in protest. Oh! I'm love until we Amanda. find love. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I've never... I don't really care for Valentine's Day mm-hmm. much to even recognize it. Really? Sure, heavy. Let's dig into that a little bit. What do you mean you don't care for Valentine's Day? I mean... I think, let me not say I don't care for Valentine's Day. I have no issue with being single. Mm. So, like, when Valentine's Day comes around, I'm more than happy to celebrate people who are in love. Mm. But I don't feel... Like, it's not a bad day for me. Mm. Or it's not like a, oh, I'm single. Because I've been single 98.34% of my life. So, (laughs) it's just another day, I guess. Um, I'm not going to be doing the single awareness day thing. Mm. I think that makes you feel like being single is something to be sad about. Or like something, Mm. or a thing even. When it's like... You're just not with someone. Mm. It's not... I don't know. Mm. Also, in our society, like, no one's... Like, commitment is such a... Yeah, you see, so I have a problem with this phase or Mm. whatever that we're in where there's no, like, courtship and, like... Mm. No one is trying to pursue you romantically and actually trying. Like, I feel like it's just like, oh... Mm. he likes me she likes me we're dating people don't even ask people out anymore I don't Mm. know like I didn't even know there was a thing until I was having like a conversation with someone and they didn't know when their anniversary was and I was like what do you mean like when did you ask her out yeah and he was like I didn't ask her out we just started dating I was like wow you can bet all the money that I have which is not a lot I will let's not I'll be single yeah. through all of that because yeah. like you didn't even ask me out you what ask do you me mean that but then Facebook no. will tell you that it's like your fifth anniversary or something like 
first of all, mm-hmm. how do you feel about male-female relationships? So when we're coming to this whole concept concept of relationships, mm-hmm. should a man approach a woman? Should a woman be the strong, independent female? What are your thoughts? Is there a balance? Should there be a balance? Sure. That's a dark hole to get into. Um, Let's get in. Okay. <laughs> Head first. Um, I guess it's the issue with saying that they should mm. is that then we go into the whole like traditional gender stereotypes mm. and then like what happens with like same sex relationships mm-hmm. and when you think about it it's like why must the guy so like I'm being such a hypocrite mm-hmm. actually but yeah, mm. you gotta do the things. <laughs> but it's different for everyone. It's like your mm. truth could be different from my truth. Yes. I went through the strong independent female phase. I realized I was wrong. Now I would like to be mm. have my meal paid for. I would like him to man up. But that's my truth. Other people mm. may feel different about it. But I think it's if you're living in your truth, it works for you. Yeah. So I think so. I'm not a I'm not a fan on like gender roles mm. and all of that. Yeah. Um. But it is nice if a guy, and I guess it goes both ways. So Mm. he'd be taking initiative, but I'd be taking initiative in other ways as well. So Mm -hmm. it's not like we're in completely different worlds where he's doing more than me in the relationship. It's just that, I don't know, we also just, it's such a complicated topic. Yeah, there's like, I think it's also because... As much as we don't like to admit it, in general, um, we have a lot more love to give. Mm. So I think we seem to come across as the ones that catch feelings first or Mm -hmm. whatever. And if we were pursuing constantly, it might even come across that... You, you're coming across too heavy for guys mm. because you might be it might be like the beginning phase of you liking someone and I've noticed that women will know faster than men when they like someone yeah whereas guys just seem to be super slow mm. like even when they mess up and they don't realize that they've messed up it's like I don't know I think it's also an EQ thing <laughs> <laughs> let's dive into EQ I think yeah men are generally not gifted with EQ. Mm, mm, mm. I'm with you. I'm here with that. You need to spell everything uh, out, otherwise it just flies over. Like, they're like, I didn't know. You're like, but how did you not know? I and I'm completely with you on the women have a lot of love to give, mm. but also I think we make things very obvious, in my opinion. Right? And that's what I hate about the vibing situationship thing. Mm. Do you have a leg to stand on when you're in that phase of a relationship or whatever you're in? Because you don't feel like your complaints are almost valid because, like, you're not dating. So, like, a lot of things will, like, frustrate you, but you don't feel like you can come forward and say, you know what, you did this last week and I didn't like it because it's like, who are you when not dating? So you also don't want to be... So, like, uh, it's just, like, oh. Mm. So, I've got a question. Mm. Can men and a woman be friends? 100%. Best friends. 
and have and you don't feel like in a relation in a friendship that's that close someone's not going to catch feelings because i think you're just lying about the catching feelings you i know think it's tricky i think they unfortunately there will always be someone who even has the tiniest feelings but I don't know. I think in that kind of situation there will always be one of the two will have feelings. Even if it's just like a small thought of like, you know, this person's actually really nice. Maybe I like them. Mm. But I don't think it always has to become something. Mm. I think it's because and this is another issue. Mm. Guys are generally a lot of guys can be good friends but awful partners. So Ooh. your guy friend can be a great friend but when you see them you can sometimes see what they do in relationships sure and you're like who is this mm. man are you hearing that boys talk and you're like you're like what <laughs> mate mm. come back mm. come back come back <laughs> jack yeah yeah so uh, i don't wild. know wild okay i would never date a friend though you'd never date a friend so you don't believe in friends first <laughs> I used to, mm-hmm. but then when things go south, mm. everything goes south. Then okay. you lose a friend mm. and a boyfriend, mm-hmm. and you probably had mutual friends, so now it stuffs up the dynamic for everyone, mm. and it's just not cute. So, mm. But, I mean, obviously you must have a level of friendship with the mm-hmm. person you're with, but I don't think you necessarily have to be, like, besties before you start dating. Mm. Okay. Are you a hopeless romantic? Do you believe in <laughs> love, in the full essence of love? Or because I think love is a lot more work than we actually see. I think we saw, Ugh. we've seen our parents and our friends' parents and mm. even our friends' relationships, but we're not in it, so we don't know what it takes for it to be sustained. Mm. Is it just a cover up? Is someone constantly sacrificing for someone else? Or is there equal sacrifice involved? Like, what is your idea or understanding of love in its essence? It's weird because my idea of love has changed so much Mm. over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you're younger, it's like, looks will be up top. Yeah. I mean, obviously, personality will always matter, but, like, looks will always be up there when you're younger. But... The older you get, it's about small stuff, like someone compassionate, someone kind, someone thoughtful. Mm. Those are the things that are up there. Because fine, you're attractive, and you're probably attractive to 7,000 other women. So, like, now that's also a problem for Mm. me because you definitely know that as well. Um, But someone who's kind will be kind all the time Mm. because it's in their nature. Someone who's compassionate will be compassionate all the time. They'll ask you how your day was and they'll actually want to know how your day was. Mm. Whereas when you're just looking for the fickle stuff, fickle stuff just doesn't last. Like you need to think about someone who will be there in the long term, someone who will understand when you're working a long day and you Mm. can't give them attention and, and vice versa. Like someone you understand it's more about bonding on a complete other level and it is hard work so mm-hmm. I don't know like yeah it's changed completely for me mm. have you ever found that kind of love <laughs> <laughs> this is where I view Oprah <laughs> oh, uh, um, 
I've been given that kind of love before. Mm. I just wasn't in the space to give it back. Um, wow. Well. Wow. <laughs> um, but because I know it exists. Yeah. Um, I'm not going. <laughs> 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 That's such a hopeless romantic mind, Gloria. <laughs> That is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But then once you've been given that kind of love, yeah. you know that it exists and mm. you won't settle for anything. That is not it. But what if you can never be with that love? Do you see? So you were given, but you didn't reciprocate. Mm. And now it's like, what if you've experienced that, but you could never go back to it? Then do you settle? Like, is there more than one person for everyone in the world? Like, what is... What is life? What is love? I think there's more than one person because mm. more than one person can carry those characteristics and traits. Mm. Um, for me, the person wasn't the right person. They carried those traits, but I didn't feel anything for the person, which is, you see, that, that gets difficult because it's like, oh, you're the perfect guy, but not nah. the perfect guy for me. It gets tricky. Um, but also, like, I think it's also, sounds so cliche once again, once you have settled within yourself and you've found what makes you happy at, like, at your inner core, what you stand for, what you don't have time for, then you'll know when you're willing to, what you're willing to allow room for and what you're just not, like, it's not happening. Lolu, tell me, mm -hmm. tell me, girl. Tell You're 25 me. now, hey? Yeah, 25. Um, Congrats. So you just, just made it. You are on the QLC. You are the quarter life crisis right mm -hmm. now, if we're talking about 25. Uh -huh. But before we talk about your quarter life crisis, I want to know a little bit about your 20s journey. How has the experience been for you as a human? Great. Yeah. Because you take it holistically, right? Yeah. Um, if I had to cut it up in chunks, there were some low lows and high highs, but as like a whole thing, great. Mm. Um, because those lows also bring you to your highs. Mm. Um, I've loved my 20s, actually, mm, mm. surprisingly. And they get better. Like, I had a really bad year last year. Okay. Um, but when I look at the full reel of my 20s, it was my best year because I learned the most. Wow. And it was everything that I needed to learn to prepare me for this stretch of my life. So, mm. I mean, before I was like, oh, 2018 was so bad. Now yeah. I'm like, 2018 might have been the best year that I had. Mm. Not because it was great, not because I had so much fun, whatever, mm. but because it prepared me for the person I need to be. And mm. mm -hmm. um, so you said the 20s, your 2018, so your 24th year essentially, mm. um, came with a lot of lessons, a lot yes. of life lessons. What is the biggest lesson you've learned in your 20s thus far? Know your damn worth. Mm. Mind moment, hit me, go on. I think... So I always thought that I knew my worth. Mm. Um, and I think I had lived my life um, being 
finding a voice for so many other people that I hadn't found a voice for myself yet. And 2018, I found my voice. I stood up for myself in situations that were really crushing me at that point. Um, and you never, people don't understand what you're going through. You'll never, I, you could be going through so much right now, I would never know. Mm. Um, and I think you need to take that stance. You need to get to that place where everything else doesn't matter, but you and your well-being. And if your surroundings do not match to that energy, then step out of the room. Wow. Wow. <laughs> No, that is that is incredible. I think for so many so many reasons is I think that the process of eventually getting to a place where you're like, this is my worth, this is what I stand for, mm-hmm. is difficult because Ooh. I think as a young child mm. and even being a person of color, there is mm-hmm. a massive level of respect of don't disrespect people and in general, not even just your adult, mm-hmm. your elders, don't disrespect people, don't talk down to mm-hmm. people. So when you get into a work context, sometimes it's mm-hmm. difficult because now who are you reporting to? Hundreds. So that point where you stood up for yourself, how, how was that for yourself when you were like, this is my voice? Like, how did it make you feel? Did you kind of mourn the person you used to be who kind of may have been trampled over? Man, um, sure, that's a very good question. (laughs) Um, I had to, I had to because it was, I switched into a sort of very strange autopilot mode Mm. where things happened and they built up and built up and built up and I got to a point where I actually sat, and people ask me because I mean, I don't want to get too deep into the the main incident that occurred, Mm. but people ask me like, what was that defining moment where mm. you were like, actually, no, not a damn, not me. Mm. And I can't even explain it. It's just so much had been happening. Um, you know, crying yourself to sleep mm. and all of that other whack shit. That you get to a point where one day you wake up and you're like, this is not me. Sure. This is not what I deserve. This is not what I'm here for. I'm bigger than this. And it it becomes like an autopilot situation. You don't really plan what's going to happen. Mm. It just happens. And once it happens, it's the catharsis is out of this world. Wow. Because you know you could never be back where you were. Mm. So you know you could never get any lower than what you were. So it's just... A building process from there and that's mm. I think that's the optimistic part of it so sticking in the 20s mm-hmm. journeys <laughs> and 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 beautiful moments mm. I think one of the crises or the cruxes if that's even English word my goodness I'm not gonna have that in <laughs> sticking on the 20s journeys I think one of the main things that happens is mm. this idea of the quarter-life crisis mm. so whether or not you have the quarter-life crisis at 22 or 25 mm. or 27 um it is a moment in a lot of 20 year old people where they have this it could be a defining moment it could be a moment of realization it could be mm. something that you know shifted and jolted their system have you had your quarter life crisis moment obviously i mean bar your awakening you know mm. this is who i am moment have you had a moment of almost the sh- where everything was shaking i did have that moment mm. I had I had an awakening moment 
or I sort of hit my my quarter life crisis, if you will, mm-hmm. um, when I was done so dirty by someone in the industry. Mm. Um, gatekeeper, if you will. Um, and it's weird because it's weird because there's this like pressure in your 20s I think especially as a young black female mm-hmm. um, there's this pressure that people don't talk about about how how far you're supposed to be or how far people think you should be and I think it's a it's a weird creative pressure as well because I don't often see it as much with people who are doing their BCOMs and in those kind of fields or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I think the biggest thing is getting out of or sort of having to prove that what you're doing is actually a real job mm-hmm. and that you're not just having a good time the whole time. And then... You get past that hurdle and then there's gatekeepers and there'll even be people who think you are where you are because of how you look or Mm. you've obviously done something to get to where you are. It's never, the first assumption is never hard work. Mm. You you did something Mm. to get there, to break down whatever doors. And then there'll always be that glass ceiling you can work and you work damn hard, but mm-hmm. you keep on hitting this point where you just feel like you can't break through. Mm. And it's very frustrating. And then you start thinking of like the future and like where, like does, is this where it ends? Like, mm. is this what I'm supposed to be satisfied <clears throat> with? Like, can I, where do I push past this? And that's my issue with gatekeepers in this industry. Mm. Um they are controlling the system. Mm. <laughs> they are controlling the system. Yeah. Um, and as soon as you disagree, there's a great danger in disagreeing with a gatekeeper mm. because they can <clears throat> knock you out of that system quickly. Mm. Mm. And they're all generally interconnected and they can make your life hell. So you sort of have to... I really don't want this to sound as dark as it's coming across. (laughs) Um, You sort of just need to fit in with the system. And I think that was the the moment for me where I was like, is this it? Mm. Like, have I worked hard my, not my whole life, my 70, but like, (laughs) have I worked hard for me to get here? Is this where it ends for me? Yeah. Am I supposed to be satisfied with this? Mm. Am I supposed to be satisfied with the salary? Am I supposed to be satisfied with the things that I, I can afford to... Like, even just, like, congratulating yourself on doing well. Mm. Like, not being able to do that on the scale that you would like to. Yeah. Um, and knowing that there's a high possibility that you're going to be where you are for a while. Yeah. Because you've hit the glass ceiling. Mm. I think that's the most frustrating place you can ever be Mm. but the most important thing that I took from that is you can go as far as you want to go Mm. and whoever doesn't believe or whoever's trying to stunt your growth in any way 
whatever system or whatever mm. is not where you you need to be. You yeah. need to yeah. get out of so there. So I'm going to agree and disagree with you okay. in the same place. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you to the fold where there are gatekeepers in every single media society and industry mm. that you, you have to start somewhere, especially as creatives. Some creatives freelance their whole life and that's all they've ever known mm. I know freelancers I mean some creatives who've never worked a 9 to 5 in their entire life for them mm. it's like how do you do that mm. um, and then I know people who have been in systems I've been in systems I've been I worked as a journalist I've worked in TV I worked in PR and they're all formulaic they all believe in the 9 to 5 and mm. you know yourself if you want to go from an intern to a junior mm. to a senior you have to work the windows and you have to learn mm. I think that once you have learned the once you know the rules, once mm. you know the game, it's up to you to then say, it's enough. It's mm. up to you to then exactly what you did. This is my worth and I'm not going to be treated differently. So whether or not you decide to start something on your own, mm. um, you risk it, start something on your own, get some people together and just mm. go shoot something. If filming is what you want to do or mm. you write that book or you run that race. But I think sometimes we get comfortable with saying I can only go so far and Mm. that excuse becomes the reason we don't go further in life. You've shared quite a bit Mm -hmm. in terms of love. Mm -hmm. We've spoken about the industry. We've Mm -hmm. spoken about your quarter-life crisis. Where you are right now in your 20s, in your 20s, you've literally smacked bottom in the middle of your 20s. What advice do you have for people right now in their 20s? I will have to take it back to what I said earlier on. You need to know your worth. You need to know yourself and Mm -hmm. you need to know your worth. When you know the foundation on which you're standing on, there is nothing that can shake you. Wow, wow, and all the wows. You need to know yourself and you need to know your worth. What an incredible, incredible mind moment and gem moment and quote and it's tweetable and Facebookable and Instagrammable. That is a quote that encompasses everything, I think, of the uh, In My Twenties podcast. It's like, know your worth. When you step out on the street, know your worth. When you're in an office space, know your worth. When you are in a relationship, know your worth and set some boundaries. Because ultimately, ultimately... And this is something I'm still learning myself is you teach people how to treat you. The boundaries you set in your life, in every aspect of your life, gives people an indication of what your boundaries are. Don't allow behaviors that are not in line with who you are, who God has created you to be and your worth. So know, know, know your worth. Thank you so much, Lolu, for coming on to today's episode of the In My Twenties podcast. Like I said, there were so many mind moments and gem moments on the show. Uh, But otherwise, guys, we look forward to seeing you same time, same place, right here on In My Twenties. In my twenties, in my twenties, how old are you? I am love, love, love. Bum, bum, bum in my feels. Bum, 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 it's complicated. Cause I'm still in my twenties.
that I don't know what emotions are and how to express my emotions. What are my emotions? What am I feeling? Is this lust? Is this love? I don't know. What are my long-term goals? What are my short-term goals? Do you see the complications of being in your 20s? We'll talk about this next week. Okay, bye. Bye.